KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. This Shabbat we read two parashiyot, Achreimot Kedoshim. Both parashiyot have a lot of mitzvot that we can talk about. The introduction to Parashat Kedoshim, Rashi says that the Torah said to speak this parsha to Daber Kol Adat Bnei Yisrael. This parsha was spoken to the entire community. And Rashi says, this was this parsha was said in, with an assembly to the entire community because a great portion, perhaps the majority of Gufei Torah, of the essence of Torah, was said in our parsha. We'll choose one of the dinim in our parsha and explain the parameters of that mitzvah. The mitzvah that we'll take is Lifnei Iver Lotitein Mechshol, the Isur of placing an obstacle in front of someone else. Rashi, on Chomesh, explains the entire pasuk is Lotikalel Cheresh, you should not curse a deaf person. And do not place an obstacle in the way of a blind person. And you should fear God. Ani Hashem, I'm God. Rashi explains that the Isur, the prohibition of Lifnei Iver, do not put an obstacle, means Lifnei Hasuma Bedavar. It's not a blind person, literally, but a person who is unaware of the situation. And Rashi says, Lo Don't give him some sort of advice or suggestion which is not proper. Don't suggest to him, don't tell him to sell his field, to buy a donkey, because you want to somehow maneuver to take it from him. In other words, according to Rashi, the Isur of Lifneivir refers to bad advice. According to Rashi, it seems that's Pshuto Shamikra. That is the Pshat of the Chumash. Now, at first glance, we would have thought the Pshat and Chumash is more literally. Simply don't put a, an obstacle in the path of a blind person. And perhaps we could extrapolate and say not just a blind person, but don't pre- create a, a problem for any person in terms of physical objects. But Rashi said... The Pshuto Shamikra seems to be that according to Rashi, the simple interpretation of the of the Pasuk is referring to bad advice. Where does he get it from? So what some of the commentaries explain that because of the general context of the Pasuk, if a person would put a stone or a stick in the way of a blind person, that is something that's rather apparent. People would see it it would be very difficult for a person to deny the fact that he did such a thing. 
or that his intentions were pure and honest. However, in the case of uh, bad advice, it's very difficult to prove ever that someone gave bad advice. Suppose I would suggest that you buy a certain stock in the stock market. And then the next week it went down to a great extent. So people could not blame me really for giving the advice because I did not know. I thought that this was a good investment. So, But you in your heart would know. So we have a general principle that whenever it says in the Torah, you should fear God. It's the Vorim HaMesurim Laleif. It's things that only you know about. Only you are aware of. Nobody can check your real intentions. So, therefore, some commentaries explain Rashi interpreted the Pshuto Shomikra, the simple meaning of the Pasuk, is to give bad advice. On the other hand, we do certainly have other laws involved in Lufneivir. The Safra, the Medrash Halacha on Kedoshim, says a few examples of the Isur of Lifneiver. And he says Lifneiver is not referring to a blind person, literally, but as Rashi said, Lifnei Suma Badavar, to a person who for this particular issue is blind. For example, Amai Lechabas Ishploni Mailekuna. If a person, assuming the case would be that a person is a Kohen, and he asks, is this young lady permissible for a Kohen? In other words, was she ever married and divorced? Don't say, yes, she's fine. This apparently is a different type of stumbling block. This is stumbling causing someone to stumble in the world of Torah, in the world of Halacha. You're causing a person, perhaps, to marry a Grusha, to marry a woman who, a Kohen, to marry a Grusha. Second, Hayyad no tell me if he comes for advice, like I said on the stock market, don't give him advice which is not proper. And the, the, the Sefra there has a different example. <coughs> don't tell him leave early in the morning when you know that there are bandits there are people out there early in the morning who are plotting to somehow attack people at that time or tell him to go out in the heat of the sun the Safra said that's also bad advice so the third example of the Safra that is the one that's quoted in Rashi. Don't tell a person to buy, to sell a field to buy a donkey. In the case that you have, you realize it's not good advice, it's only for your own benefit. The Sefra here has three different types of examples of Lifneivir. One, the halachic bad advice. Two, advice that will hurt him physically. And third, advice that will hurt him by losing money. But still we have not found the simple interpretation of the Pasuk to put a stumbling block in the way of a, a blind person to cause someone to stumble. We have not seen this at all in, the, in neither the Sifra nor in Rashi. The tradition of the Kutim apparently was that the Isur 
of Lifneiver, our law of Lifneiver, refers specifically and perhaps only to that literal case, to the case of Lifneiver, where putting, which means putting a stumbling block on someone's path, in someone's way. The Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, in his Sefer, Emes Liyakov, and the Meshechachma, Reb Meir Simcha's Perush and Chumash, both say that Pshuto Shomikra is not ignored. Reb Meir Simcha in Meshechachma quotes the Kutim and says this is the way they learn Pshuto Shomikra. They learn that it's really referring to a stumbling block. And he says, there's Emes. It is true. However, we think that there's more to it than that's, than that's true. All the other types of, of laws that in, are included in the Fnevi are also, are also true. But this Pshut Mikra, the simple meaning of the Pasuk is certainly true. The Gemara in Bavakama has an example of telling of two partners who own a pit, who own a boar. Well, a boar is one of the Arbavas Nazikin. A boar is one of the causes of damage that the first Mishnah in Bavakama says the person who owns a boar, who owns the pit as it will, as it were to own the boar, but as someone who owns a boar and someone falls into it, the person who owns the boar, the one who, own, who owns the pit is liable to for damages. The Gemara raises an issue of two people owning a boar together. And the Gemara says, how was this exactly possible? And one of the ways of doing it is uh, the Gemara suggests that one partner told his friend to open to p- the pit, to dig a pit. The Gemara says, but that is a problem of lifnei ver lotitein michshol. And since one person told his, his partner to open the pit, to uncover a hole, the law of Einshlech and Varaveh would apply. The law that if a person sends an agent to do an Avera, the agency does not take place. This is not considered, he's not considered to be his shaliach. So, the, the Gemara there says clearly that there is an Isser, there's a prohibition in opening a pit. It's an Avera. What Avera could it be? So, the Mishnah Lemelech, one of the commentaries in the Rambam, in Hilchus Rotzeach, Perik Beis, says that this is referring to a problem of being mekalkel with Shosharabim. A person is doing damage in public property. He damages public property. The Mishnah Melech Vir says that certainly this is only an Isid Rabbanan. This is not mandated by the Torah as being forbidden. But nevertheless, the rabbi said it's forbidden. And nevertheless, the Gemara calls it an Avera, to the point that Ein Shlechet Avera would apply. The Mishnah Melech there uses this argument to conclude that Ein Shlechet Avera, the, this law that a person appointing an agent to do an Avera is invalid, applies even to a case where the Avera is the Rabbanan, where the 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 prohibition itself is only of rabbinic nature. But the the Meshachachma says that's certainly not necessary the Pshat in our Gemara. This case of telling one partner to telling his friend to open the pit, that is Lifne Iver. 
that's an example of lifnaiva because when a person digs a pit, you're creating an obstacle that people could fall in, people who are ivrim ladava, people who are unaware, and could fall in. So you see that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, the Meshachachma, and many others have suggested that the Pshuto Shemikra is also true. All of the above interpretations are true. Giving bad advice, giving halachic bad advice, giving financial bad advice, but nevertheless, causing someone to stumble physically is also part of part of the law of Lifneivir. Now, we have a general statement made by Rishonim that there is no there are no malkos in the din of Lifneivir. When a person causes someone transgresses the law of Lifneiver, there is no Malkos. The Chinuch, the Sefer Chinuch in Mitzvah Reish Lamed Beis, gives a reason for this. He says because it's a lav she'en bo ma'aseh. It's a lav which has no action in it. Why is there no action? Well, if we would take Rashi's interpretation and we would reject what Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, what Rabbi Moshe what Rameer Simcha said, and perhaps accept the opinion that seems to be the thoughts of the Mishnah Melech. Mikra, the literal translation of putting a blind man, somehow is not included in this Easter. Then if that's true, then what is the Easter? The Easter is to give bad advice? The Easter is to trick someone? All those, all those scenarios would be cases where I spoke to someone, I told someone what to do, but I didn't do anything physically, and that would seem to be the meaning of the Sefer HaChinuch. It's a lav, she'en b'maseh. <coughs> there is no action involved. It's only speech. The Mishnah Lamelech himself, the, the super commentary on the Mishnah Lamelech, on the, on the Sefer HaChinuch, says this is very difficult to say. That because I would, I would assume he said that the pshat is always is also true. In fact, says the Mishnah Melech, in such a case, I would think you would get Malkos. If a person would actually put the obstacle in front of someone else, perhaps you really could get Malkos. When you do the Avera by speech, by giving bad advice, that I could understand. He says, that's a lav shem But, since the, the Minchas Chinuch claims that the literal interpretation should also be true, then in such a case, where you really put a stone, where you really put something in the way of a blind person, he says, it seems to be that you should get Malkos. And he wants to prove more than that. The Torah says in Dvarim, Orur Majge Iver Badarech. The Torah said, the, uh, in placed a special curse Oror, on a person who is majgei vebadarech, who somehow misleads a blind person on the road, as a special oror. Now we have a principle that there's no punishments unless there is a place in the Torah where it says it's forbidden. So therefore, it must be that majgei vebadarech, the law of, that you get a klala for misleading a blind person must imply that there is an Isra before. And therefore, the Mishnah Mela, the, the Minchas Chinuch claims that it must be true that the simple Pshuto Shomikra, 
the the meaning of the pasuk of putting a stone in somebody's way of, of tripping someone that certainly is included so much so that a person could, should get malchus for such a case. There are two ways of arguing with one point that the that the minchas chinuch made. Perhaps the reason you don't get malchus for the Easter of Lefneiver is not as stated in the Chinuch, because it's a lav she Perhaps it's considered a lav she-bichlalos. A lav she-bichlalos is a whole discussion in the Rambam, in the Sharashim, in the introduction to Sefer HaMitzvahs, to discuss what's a lav she-bichlalos. But for our purposes, it will be sufficient to say that it's a lav that has no specific manner of transgressing. For example, if the Torah told me to eat, uh, you're not allowed to eat tray for food, so eating tray for food is usher. And if a person ingests food, which is treif, he's done the Averam. But there's certain lavim that encompass many, many different things, and there's no specific case or way of transgressing. The classic example would be, the Rambam himself uses the example, the Torah says, Lo tochlu al adam. Don't eat on the blood. Now, at first glance, it's very difficult to understand what is involved in this Easter of Lo Tochlu Al-Adam. And the Rambam gives a number of interpretations for Lo Tochlu Al-Adam, and some work are added through the Gemara and other Rishonim. For example, Lo Tochlu Al-Adam is the prohibition for a child below the age of Bar Mitzvah to eat in a manner which would lead him to become that rebellious son, which is called a Ben Sarer Moreh. Lo tochlu al-adam, don't eat food which would cause bloodshed. Or, from there we could learn, lo tochlu al-adam, don't eat from the carbon before Zrika Saddam. Even though a person performed the Shechita, the animal is literally kosher to be eaten, after it was sacrificed and everything was done correctly, but there was no zrikas adam. The blood had not yet been sprinkled or thrown onto the mizbeach. So lo tochlu al adam. Don't eat before that blood is a, the mitzvah of the blood is accomplished. Or lo tochlu adam. The Rambam himself says a most interesting example: Don't eat before you daven, because in the morning. When you daven, it's considered as a beradam mitpalel damav. You you daven, you you pray. You daven for your own life, for your own existence. So lo tochlu adam, don't eat before you do that. In this particular scenario, in the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs, the Rambam somehow thinks that this is a biblical law, although most commentators think this is a rabbinic law. Nevertheless, the Rambam uses this as an example, and he points out since lo tochlu adam does not have one specific content, one specific meaning, but it has many, many different ways of transgressing the Slav. Therefore, it's considered a Lav Shebechlalos, and there's no Malchus for Lav Shebechlalos. Therefore, we could say in our case too, what is the definition of Lifneiver? Well, we said before, there are a number of different types of Lifneiver. There's the lifnaver of, of advice, of financial advice, of physical advice. There's laws of tricking a person to do an Aveira. And perhaps literal, the literal interpretation is also true. In such a case, 
there is no specific meaning of the Iser, and therefore it would be a Lav Shebichlalos. And therefore, perhaps you wouldn't get Malkos in any case. Many of the Achronim, many of our sages have explained that there are really two types of Averos, even though there are more different examples, as we've said before, there really are two different types of the Avera of Lifneivir. There's one which has obviously different different ways of doing it, but there is a relationship between me and my friend, a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero, and I transgress. I hurt my friend by those, by, by, by giving him the bad advice, by tricking him, etc. That's referring to cases where, which do not necessarily involve halacha, they're not involved with Jewish law, but rather, I gave him bad advice in the stock market, I gave him advice about finance, about his own physical well-being. That is as if a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero, as if I did not do something, certainly that I did not behave in a proper way to my friend, and therefore it's a ben Adam lechavero. But there's another example of ben Adam lechavero, or ben Av lefneivir, which we've said means to give, to trick him into doing an Avera. The example in the Safra would be if I told my friend to marry a Grusha, I told my friend who is a Kohen, I gave him advice that he could marry a a, a young lady who has already been divorced. That type of Ben Adam Lechavero, that type of of Lifnever, might be subsumed under the category of a Ben Adam Lamakam. Since it's a religious law involved, my giving advice to my friend and perhaps tricking him, we could distinguish between if I trick him or I do it or he does it intentionally, but nevertheless, we'll use the example of tricking him. I, di- I gave him advice that he was unaware of and I told him to do an Avera or I helped him to do an Avera. In that case, it might be considered a Ben Adam Lemakam and it might even be more than that. It might be considered as if I did the Avera myself. When I told someone else to do the Avera, since the, an Avera was done through me, well, it doesn't, we, we're not going to say, we're not going to say to the extreme that you've actually done the Avera, but it's Ki'ilu. It's as if you did the Avera. There are famous examples. I will mention some that I think I heard and were written in the name of Rav Salavechik. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafchafei. The Gemara tells a story about a, a, a certain butcher, and the Gemara says that this butcher who let Trefa food go, he somehow certified Trefa meat as kosher meat, is pasolatus. He is invalidated from testimony. Now, in order to invalidate someone, to make someone a an aid puzzle, he has to do an Avera Sheeshma Malkos. An Avera which has Malkos. Now, in this case, we just said that Lifneiver doesn't have doesn't have Malkos. Whether it's because it's a Lav Shem Bamasa, 
or because it's a lav shebichlalas, the general opinion of Rishonim is that there are no malkas. So why would this person be pasaleidus? We really could suggest, and if you look in Hilchus Eidus, Perek Yud Beis Halachates, there are interpretations that think that it must be referring to a case where the butcher himself ate those trephas. In the Gemara, you would not necessarily learn that way. You would learn the Gemara said it, that he certified trefa meat as being kosher. Unfortunately, in America, we've heard of certain examples where allegedly people who are religious have certified meat and sold meat to unsuspecting people as being treif, but perhaps, as being kosher, which was indeed treif, perhaps those people themselves would never eat treif. They just, they just tricked other people into eating treif. So, the Kesef Mishnah said, the reason he's pasaleidus is because somehow we would assume that that butcher himself ate the treif of food. But that doesn't seem to be the simple interpretation of the Gemara. The simple interpretation of the Gemara there seems to be that he gave the tray of food to other people. So, Rav Salavechik suggested, since this is like a Ben Adam Lamakam, it's as if I myself had treif, even though I didn't eat treif. But since I was involved in the Isler of Lifteiver, causing someone to eat treif to a certain extent, to for the in his uh, term, in brisker terminology, in the Chaloshem Russia, to apply the name of Russia to him, which would invalidate him from testimony, that itself would be sufficient that he was over Lifneiver in such a case. And perhaps we could add, and I think Rav Soloveitchik added a few more examples, would be a case, for example, in Hilchus Kilayim, in the 10th parak of the Rambam, Hilchus Kilayim, Halacha Yiralef, the Ram has a case where I put on my friend a garment which has shotness in it. I simply helped my friend with his jacket. I put, held, my, held, the, held the jacket and placed it on, it on him. Now, let's assume that my friend did not know there was shotness in there, and I did. So, he is a shogeg. He What he did is unintentional. But what I did is intentional. It seems that the person who put the shatnes on him is over lifneiver, and it could be considered as if he himself wore that baguette. In such a case, it seems from the Rambam that you would get malkos. Or the last example that we'll mention is the Rambam in Hilchas Avelus. In Hilchas Avelus, Paragimel Halachahe, the Rambam says if a person is metamia kohen, a person would cause a Kohen to become Tameh. A Kohen is not allowed to come in contact with dead bodies, not allowed to enter cemeteries within four amos of the the grave. But somehow I did that. I gave either bad advice, I tricked him, whatever I did. And if the Kohen is Bishogeg, if the Kohen is unaware of the situation, the Ramam again says, you get Malkos. And it could really be that in the Isler of Lifneiver, for Averos, when I tricked my friend into doing an Avera, it's somehow considered as if I did it myself. We've given examples that perhaps you could become Pasteleidus, in certain cases maybe you would even get Malkos. The last point I'd like to raise is the Torah said you should not place an obstacle. Now, what's an obstacle? 
obviously, if I trick someone to do an Avera, according to our Chazal, that's definitely a, a Michshol. If I give him bad financial advice, that's a Michshol. But what would happen in a case where the net situation, the total situation, would be that I did not really do an obstacle? Rabbi Mital wrote about this in his Sefer Resisetal, and he quotes Rabbi Shlomo Zalman. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman has a case where if I do something is ultimately better for the person, even though I'm tricking him, I trick him or I cause him to do an Avera, he said that's not a, that's not a, a great Mikshah. Now, for example, if a person sees a, someone drinking wine, the wine is Arla, which is a very severe Isar, and I could give him wine that was touched by a non-Jew, which is Tamyenam, which is wine that should not be drunk. So, Reb Shlomo Salman said, it's better to give him the wine. Now, I actually gave him wine, which he's not allowed to drink. So, I really am going to it seems as if I'm going to transgress Lifnaivir. But nevertheless, since the ultimate benefit is for his own good, he I stopped him from doing a bigger Avera. So Rabbi Shlomo Zalman said that it would not be considered a Mikshal. Rabbi Mital pointed out that Rabbi Kivager also has a case like that. Rabbi Kivager said in a case where a woman would give a man a haircut which is halachically not allowed. The case would be to remove the peyos harosh. The, uh, you're not allowed to cut the peyos harosh, those, the sideburns to a certain degree, it may not be cut. And this isur of cutting sideburns applies to men. A woman, no matter w- what her hair looks like, has no isur of hakafas harosh. But for this prohibition applies to men. Now, if a woman would give a haircut to a man and transgress this Easter, she would cause him to be over the Easter of Hakafas Harosh. The person who takes the haircut is included in the Easter the same way that you're not allowed to give the haircut to other people. But a woman is not involved so much in the Easter of Hakafas Harosh at all, and therefore, theoretically, it would be allowed for a woman, would be permitted for a woman to give a haircut to a man, except for the fact that she is going to trick him into doing an Avera. Well, perhaps not trick him, but perhaps cause him to be involved in the Avera. She is giving him a haircut. On the other hand, what Isra is she doing? She's doing the Fnaivir. She would create the Avera. But what would be the alternative? The alternative would be that he would do it himself. If he would do it himself, it's much worse. Because he is forbidden to be makif and nikaf. He cannot, he can neither give the haircut nor receive the haircut. In the case where the woman would do it, so she is allowed to give him the haircut. She's not allowed to see to it that he gets the haircut. But since he gets the haircut, and he would have done it anyway, it's perhaps better for her to do it in order to avoid the iser of him doing it himself. So it's a tremendous principle in halacha that a person would be advised to, in such a case, to determine what the mikshal actually is before we determine there's an Isra of Nevi'er.
I'd like to quote the words of the Chazon Ish in this connection. The Chazon Ish has a case where in in a question of doubt, if I'm allowed to trick a person into uh, doing uh, something which has a suffix in it. We can't go into the details of the law. But nevertheless, the Chazon Ish says, the bottom line is if I'm going to be machmir in such a case, nasem michshol, we will create a bigger obstacle. Because we will hold back on the concept of chesed from ourselves. And it's going to be even more so because by holding back, by not doing a favor for a person because perhaps it's usher, in such a case, he says, you're going to create more animosity, more hatred, which is certainly usher. So we have to look at a michshol in a very larger frame and see what is really considered a michshol. This question, of course, has many halachic ramifications which we can't go into. Our purpose today is to define Lufna'iver, what is exactly the Easter of Lufna'iver, to what cases does it apply, how does it apply, and to try to see what is a michshol. We hope that a Baruch will save us from any michshol, even from the michshol of perhaps making a mistake in interpreting the Torah. We should try to strive for Torah's MS to understand Torah to the best of our ability.